Welcome back to the Global Startup Movement. I'm your host, Andrew Berkowitz. I'm getting a lot of people asking me, Andrew, how can I access all the talks from the Global Startup Summit? And I know it was a long seven-day virtual conference. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop all of the content into a membership website, and you all can access it for free if you subscribe to our Facebook Messenger chatbot, which we just launched. It's on our website at thegsm.co, and so head on over there, click on subscribe to Messenger, and you'll get a message with login information to our exclusive membership community, which has all sessions from the Global Startup Summit 2019. And today's episode is going to be the last interview that I feature on the show from the conference. And it's a conversation with Ali Abukumail from the World Bank. I think it was a very important conversation to, to put on the podcast because we talk a lot about startups and how they can play a role in, in economic development moving forward. But in a lot of these emerging and frontier markets, I think a conversation about uh, how can we get more capital to flow to infrastructure projects, you know, hospitals, airports, ports, roads. I think those components are just as important to economic development as the conversation about startups. And so this conversation with Ali is a little bit about how can we catalyze more startup activity uh, in the North Africa and Middle East region, but also the, the important focus that, that needs to be undertaken when it comes to funding some of these infrastructure projects. And so Ali does a great job. I learned a lot from the conversation. I know you will too. So now I'll pass it off to Ali Abukamel, Senior Private Development Specialist at the World Bank. Entrepreneurship has become a global phenomenon. Uncover the stories of entrepreneurs and investors worldwide. From Sub-Saharan Africa to Silicon Valley and beyond. Here on the Global Startup Movement. Now, here's your host, Andrew Berkowitz. All right, so we are here with Ali Abukumel, who is a senior private sector specialist with the World Bank, focused on the MENA region. He is currently based in Jordan. Previously, he was in Kuwait. Spends a lot of time back and forth between different areas in the region and Washington, D.C., uh, where he does a lot of his work. And so, Ali, it's, it's great to have you here. I guess, can you start us off with just a, a little bit about your background and really you know, what, what you've been working on with the World Bank over the past few years? Thank you, Andrew. Thank you very much. No, uh, I've been working with the World Bank uh, over the last 10 years, and I've worked in a few countries around the MENA region. Among those, basically, I worked in the Gulf with the six countries over there in the GCC. I also worked in Palestine, Jordan, and others. And I've been very much focused on SME development in the beginning of my career, where I worked on the development and promotion of small and medium enterprises, but then moved uh, to shift or to work and focus on entrepreneurship development. And uh, that's where I did uh, my last report, uh, which was called the World Economic Forum, covering the Arab region and writing a chapter about the uh, current state of entrepreneurship and how can we uh, find that as a pathway or put that as a pathway for job creation for youth. And then what is the expected role of government and the private sector to support this domain? So that, that has been my focus and uh, much more to come. So I'm now based in Jordan and I'm, I'm here for the next two years and then I'll be back to Washington, D.C. where my base is. And yes, full of hope and uh, passion and uh, working together with many stakeholders to make it happen. I definitely want to hear about the, um, some of the conclusions and takeaways from the, the World Economic Forum report that you worked on last year. Before we dive into that, you know, when, when we say the World 
entrepreneurship in the region? I mean, what, what, what is the connotation that, that people have towards, towards that concept in the area? Well, that's a good question because the word entrepreneurship has become uh, very uh, buzzy somehow. From my perspective, and as I also defined that in the report, that is, it is any business that is taking risk to grow in the market and be innovative in the sense they are producing a new product or producing a new model of operation uh, to, to, to grow and scale up. So th- this kind of definition is where we're coming from. So if you are a business that is uh, open there uh, just for the sake of earning your living, then I don't think you're an entrepreneur unless if you are in an area where it's kind of impossible to work under in fragile communities or so. Uh, but if you are somebody who would like to introduce something new, you have that passion to scale, then you are definitely an entrepreneur. Let's dive right into this, uh, th- this report that you all put out on yeah. the MENA region. Can you maybe talk about some of the takeaways that, that you took away or like, you know, what yeah. is uh, the, the, the meat of it? Okay. So the report, uh, like, analyzed the overall situation of entrepreneurship development in the Arab world. Uh, we, I followed, uh, together with the co-researchers, the uh, Babson model which basically uh, analyzes the ecosystem of entrepreneurship under six pillars. And under each of the pillars, we've done our analysis, and then uh, we've put recommendations according to a survey that we've done across 100 top entrepreneurs in the region, as well as focus group discussions with some of the champions from the public and private sector. So over there, I would say under a policy domain that uh, there's still uh, it's still a cumbersome uh, business environment, and uh, only a few countries in the Arab world managed to get out of that and, and provide a friendly business environment, and namely in the Gulf region. And uh, it could tell clearly from going over the report that the better the business environment is, uh, the more entrepreneurship activities are going to take place because that's where entrepreneurs would like to work in a place that is friendly to them. The second area was about uh, the, the, the human capital, and it was discussing there that the uh, youth unemployment is one of the largest in the world, uh, in the Arab world, and uh, there's still a mismatch between the uh, academia and the private sector. There has been some bridging programs that were introduced that have done a lot of uh, good progress, uh, but still you need to do uh, much more and be innovative in that sense. In terms of culture, I would say it, it's, it's relatively okay where there is some appreciation for the uh, role of entrepreneurship. They are well featured in media, uh, but still uh, there is some sort of uh, a consensus among the younger generation that working in the government is, is a secure job versus working in the private sector. So these are, this is still an area that you need to tackle. In terms of infrastructure, which is another domain that, that we looked at, we thought it was decent. I mean, it's not really hindering growth, uh, except for a couple of countries in, in the Arab world. Uh, but for the rest, some of them are very advanced, also in the Gulf region. Uh, but overall, the norm was okay. So it's not really a hindering uh, uh, factor to growing entrepreneurship. And then we looked at uh, the markets, and we thought that was uh, one of the biggest issues that faced high-growth entrepreneurs, because MENA, in, in the geographies in MENA, I mean, generally, except for a couple of countries, are all very small, and therefore it's hard for businesses to grow in one country. And the accessibility of entrepreneurs across the MENA countries 
was very hard. And sometimes you have those visa restrictions, etc. But also establishing a business as a foreign in some of the countries is not really friendly. So that's why you see some people even moving from one place to another. Uh, and that also leads us to the last domain here, which is financing, which my int- the interesting pattern that we've seen in MENA that people are really moving from one place to another uh, to, to look for financing. And the, and the conclusion here, I would say that a, it's hard for uh, for for the an Arab entrepreneur to look at the ecosystem within one country's boundary, and that entrepreneurship can go across these boundaries. And if you look at the trends in the last two three years, you would see that it's very common that uh, a good talented entrepreneur would develop a nice business model in Egypt or Lebanon or Jordan, and then uh, after getting the first seed financing, you would see that they would uh, uh, try to go to work in Dubai or uh, in in Bahrain or Saudi Arabia, where they would get their Series A and and establish an office there. So this is a good uh, trend that is happening. And and you you probably know that Dubai has become kind of the magnet for those good talents. And I recall from the report we looked at or the analysis we, we did during this report that around 80% of the ideas or good ideas or exits that exited in MENA was actually based in Dubai, but probably only 5% came from Dubai originally. So it's becoming the magnet. So the conclusion here, beside that, that countries should open up to entrepreneurs to go, go in and out and, and invest, is that there should be a role for the private sector and there should be a role for the public sector. The public sector should focus on giving the enabling environment uh, the access uh, accessibility to countries, uh, support in the infrastructure, and the private sector should take the lead in in developing their own uh, new models that are basically uh, tackling challenges for the region today. So that's in a gen- that's in general terms what I would say uh, about the report. Yeah, and I think you're spot on when it comes to there. There needs needs to be more collaboration between governments in the area and the the public sector because i mean that 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 issue of visas and traveling market to market i mean the gcc and north africa are very fragmented markets and so you know you're not really going to grow past the series a round unless you're in multiple markets across the region and so so that makes a lot of sense and so you said there the countries that are lacking on the infrastructure side of things you know what what exactly do you feel like are, are the critical pieces of infrastructure that need to be in place in these countries to provide a better environment for entrepreneurs? Yeah, on infrastructure in specific, I mean, it's, as I said, in general, it's, it's acceptable. But I mean, if you want to boost entrepreneurship activities and digital economy in general, you need to make sure that you have fast and accessible internet at reasonable rates across all the country. I mean, not only in the center of the urban part of it, rather than all the country. And we, we have many examples from around the world where infrastructure was uh, one of the core elements that the government has contributed to the growth of digital economy. And, and you've seen cities actually being built around that. I mean, you have the Cluj model in Romania, which was built around uh, providing the fast internet. In the US, you have the Chattanooga, Tennessee model, where you have the, the, the very fast internet. And around that, you have the district that is being built, and then you have conglomeration of entrepreneurs coming with a nice business environment around it, a friendly one, then you see an increase in number of people coming there. So I would say infrastructure is in all those parts. 
if you have a hub, you have an industrial area that has a place for entrepreneurs. I mean, these are all helpful. Uh, and the governments could contribute uh, to supporting entrepreneurship in this way. But I mean, I think, Andrew, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it's not, it's not one factor. I mean, if, if, I, if I were in the shoes of the government, I would need to look at the six domains that characterize the, uh, the ecosystem. I mean, the ones that we just talked about, but also look at the life cycle of entrepreneurs. So the needs for someone who's putting together an idea is different to the one who's looking for seed, different to the one who has just started business and looking for some angel investments or getting to series A, et cetera, and then the access to the big market. So these are all things that you would need to work on uh, and not necessarily lead as a government, but work together with the private sector to ensure that you have one consensus on the way forward. And it has to be the way that the private sector wants, not the government wants. So straight jacket approach doesn't work either. So it has to be government, private sector-led approach. Right. When I was doing my research for this interview, was it was the first time that I was really diving into Kuwait as an economy, as an ecosystem, and I, I'm not too familiar with it. I haven't done any uh, episodes on our podcasts on it. So can can you talk a little bit about about the ecosystem there? And for those uninitiated, yeah. it, it seems like from the videos I saw, it's, it seems like a beautiful city or beautiful area. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful city, I would say. And uh, if you look at the, uh, I mean, let me tell you something. When I visited Kuwait for work first in 2013 people were celebrating that the first startup weekend is taking place and like gossiping saying that you should go there it's an incredible event etc when i left kuwait in 2015 like two years onwards these things were happening every day so i would tell you that uh, there is there has been an exponential growth in the number of entrepreneurship activities the quality of businesses and the government support over these two or three years, and it's still going uh, on for an exponential rate. And now you see funds coming out of Kuwait, big startups that are getting big uh, exits, as well as one of one of them actually was Talabat, which uh, was the second biggest exit in the Arab world, uh, which was uh, sold for 170 million, as they recall, probably in uh, 2014 or 15. So. It, there is a good business, I mean, there is a good ecosystem there. At the heart of it, it's the sophistication of the people. Uh, the quality of the Kuwaiti entrepreneur is one of the best in the region. They're well exposed. They have great understanding for the business dynamics. They are traders by nature. So I would say that's at the core of it. The government in the last few years have put some programs to support them, some of which worked well, some of which didn't work well, but in general, uh, the whole movement of the development of the ecosystem is in the right direction, uh, which is something that we can see now uh, in results uh, in terms of exits and numbers of startups or new entries to the business community. Would you be able to give us a couple examples of, of the programs that, that, that did work well? Uh, yes. I mean, I can tell you a couple. Uh, the first on building the culture. Uh, there is a group at MENA uh, called WAMDA. I don't know if you've come across them. It is uh, that WAMDA? WAMDA, yeah, W-A-M-D-A. Uh, so W-A-M-D-A dot com. Uh, WAMDA is a group that is led by Fadi Gandor, who is one of the uh, serial entrepreneurs in MENA, the founder of Aramix, and has done a lot of support to the ecosystems in MENA. So Kuwaitis have partnered with WAMDA to put together a program for building the culture of entrepreneurship in the country. That included uh, a portal that they had that was called Nuwait back then, 
so it's like Kuwait starts with an N, and uh, that means in Arabic, actually, I intend. And the second thing that this company also did with uh, Kuwait was having a number of mixer events between entrepreneurs and mentors. So uh, the, the, the success of those activities was pretty high. I mean, and, and you could see from the surveys we've done that many of them found it very beneficial to understand about the dynamics and the norms of this business. The second thing we, we worked on as well in Kuwait, and also it was successful, was helping the government putting in place an easier registration process for business. And there they have established, uh, in I think 2015 or 16, the Kuwait Business Center, uh, which was uh, a true one-stop shop for business registration with all entities that are there to facilitate registration process. And we've put the, the, the cornerstone for the center, but the government took it forward and made it a national program. And, and if you look at the numbers of entries in Kuwait, they have skyrocketed after having that center in place. So such business environment with easier entry can, can help uh, entrepreneurs to be encouraged to come into this. Right. And I mean, is, is, are, are those models you feel like need to be or, or should be replicated by other, other countries in the region? Or do you think that like, each country is so unique in its own way that it's, it's really a case-by-case basis? No, those could be replicated, but depends on the stage of progress in the country. So on, right. on the cultural right. issues in specific, you would need to know like, what are you trying to tackle here? So in Kuwait, Kuwait was a bit late compared to UAE or Egypt or Jordan or Lebanon in terms of entrepreneurship development. So we wanted to make sure that we boost that culture in the country and get people more familiar with what it means. And in that sense, uh, you needed to do the basic stuff first. But if you go to more sophisticated ecosystems that probably Kuwait today, you would need to be more industry focused with experts in that industry. Look at what are the edgy ideas in that industry and try to introduce them build partnerships that are a bit complicated between like industry experts, large corporations and entrepreneurship development entities so that the three of them can work together to develop something more advanced. So that's on the cultural part. But on registration, it's, it is more or less after you understand what types of laws and regulations are countries, it is very much replicable. I mean, and it's needed in all countries and you need to have it there so that you can have a better entry uh, experience for entrepreneurs. I see, I see. So I, I know you, um, you, you grew up or, or, or spent some time in, uh, in the Palestine region. Um, now, in, in, I'm not sure if it was the exact, if it was the World Economic Forum report where, where I read about this, but um, I, I did see there's a um, private sector initiative called the, the Palestinian Information Technology Association. Um, mm-hmm. So w- would you be able to tell us a, a, a little bit about that and what, what that organization is doing to kind of create more, more opportunities for, for tech companies to start up there? Yeah, it's uh, actually PETA or Palestinian IT Association of Companies. It was established almost, I would say, 15 years ago, more or less. And uh, it's association for the companies that are in the ICT domain. And uh, the main goal of the organization was first to create that type of uh, an ecosystem for the stakeholders working in the ICT sector, but then help them access markets and uh, uh, like reform some of their business environment issues. The organization has been up and running since then, and I think they have managed to be the address for ICT development uh, or information communication and technology development in Palestine 
and they have done a lot of programs to support their uh, members, some of which were relevant to the local market, like their flagship exhibition that is called Expo Tech that they do on an annual basis. But others are also uh, mainly targeting external markets, and that's where you see many of those business-to-business uh, -business meetings and trade missions happening uh, for the, uh, the, the PETA members. So uh, they have also created uh, 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 or supported the creation of a Palestinian IT incubator, uh, which is one of the oldest incubators in the region, uh, based in Ramallah and Gaza. And that incubator has helped in incubating a number of projects that uh, have found its way to exit at some point. Uh, it's still uh, not a fully private sector. I mean, it is a private sector-led organization, but in the acceleration process and incubation process, it was following a bit of the uh, classic approaches, but they're developing their way now to get more engaged with the private sector so that their, uh, their startups develop business models that are relevant to the needs of the market. Right. And so in, in that same report, it, it talked about how the, the tourism sector is really, there, there, there's a lot of potential with it in the region, yeah. uh, you know, especially for entrepreneurs. Um, but I, I guess, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the, the most exciting or the, the biggest potential sectors within that area? Yeah, I mean, I've also worked on tourism in some of the countries, and I tried to link that to entrepreneurship. And one of the initiatives I've been working on called Abraham Path, or the Masad Ibrahim, which is actually a walking path in the West Bank of uh, West Bank in Palestine. And uh, the thinking there was that we need to promote the, the, the tourism of the walking or the trail development in, in countries like that. And we, 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 we did our work basically uh, to support uh, the inclusion of people from the rural communities in the value chain of tourism. And, and it has been growing very well, honestly. I mean, over the last three, four years, the number of workers in tourism increased from like 3,000 to 40,000, which is a huge number in the West Bank. And now we are at that stage where we're saying, how can we harness that uh, uh, soft infrastructure that we have in the path to help create entrepreneurship in many places in these villages? And we started with a small pilot last year where we have done a competition, basically uh, for new ideas for businesses to start across the path. Some of people came with like basic things like uh, cycling opportunities or experience. Others were like cave uh, overnight stays. Others came up with ideas like uh, selling some or producing and selling some herbal tea uh, to tourists, etc. Uh, so there were a lot of ideas coming out of that. I think it was it was successful in the sense that this could happen. So now we're designing a new project with the World Bank to help in uh, creating many more of those entrepreneurial opportunities across the villages of the West Bank so that young people can engage in the process and will engage in, in a professional way, also accelerated in the process so that we make sure that things are done in the right fashion. That's something that's, that's definitely super important. You know, I know the region has a lot of challenges around, around youth employment and jobs available. So it sounds like a really great initiative, but I, I see we're coming up on time. Let's finish this off with you know, any, any investors, angel investors, VCs, private equity firms, whatever it may be that are tuning in. Can you give kind of the, um, the elevator pitch of the region and, and the potential that you see over the next, we'll say, five years when it comes to economic growth? 
So I would say the ecosystem of entrepreneurship is happening in the Arab world. A lot of progress is happening in some places. A lot of talent is being also growing. And I think uh, being at the center of the world with uh, uh, good English speaking language and very bright ideas, this could be a hub for other countries around the world. And uh, you need to come here, meet the people and see how to harness this uh, opportunity for your uh, growth, whether in the Arab world or outside. All right. Well, Ali Abukamel, Senior Private Sector Specialist with the World Bank. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to add Andrew on Snapchat at andberk, that's A-N-D-B-E-R-K, to see firsthand a day in the life of an entrepreneur in cities all around the world. 